A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Introducing possibly the ultimate recording solution for guitarists everywhere, the Two Notes Captor X. Playing your tube amp in a great sounding room with an exceptional choice of perfectly matched speaker cabinet and microphones is truly joyous and an unparalleled experience. The Torpedo Captor X is for tube amp lovers who crave this every time they play, no matter the environment. Play your tube amp at its sweet spot and control your volume with the attenuator anywhere. You can even enjoy your 100 watt rig in silence with an immersive headphone experience. Fed up with lifting heavy cabinets, inconsistent sound and stage volume issues? Go direct to the PA and audio interface with studio grade cabinet simulations. Wish to explore a legendary backline of speaker cabinets and microphones? Pair Torpedo Captor X with your phone, tablet or computer using Torpedo Remote. No other compact reactive load box offers such universal control of the miking chain. And with dual miking per cabinet, you may never need to use a real mic again. Check out the Two Notes Torpedo Captor X at two-notes.com. Speak to a lot of Nashville session greats about their favourite overdrive pedal and plenty will point to one box, the ODR1 from Nobels. Fast forward to 2020 and the original 1993 releases had a few tweaks to introduce the ODR1 BC. This legendary drive pedal now includes a built-in bass cut, allowing the player to tame some of that wild low end, while single coil users can still access the harmonically rich full range of the ODR1. They're really has never been a better time to own this absolute cult classic transparent overdrive pedal to deliver creamy natural overdrive everything from pushed clean amp tones to gain filled stacks this legendary pedal is guaranteed to be a big part of your sound available from all good guitar shops or visit nobels.de for more info Hola, bien, bienvenidos al Guitar Nerds Podcast. Soy tu anfitrión Joe Branton. Me acompañan Matt Knight. Pogs or Tazos. Mark Packham. Sure. Bien, Jay Cross. Hola. Hola, amigos. Yeah, that's right. It's time for the Spanish-speaking version of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. Um... 
So I think from this point on, everyone, we should do it just in Spanish. Okay? I think you might be on your own on that one, fella. <laughs> and that is the end of this week's Guitar Nerds <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Fine. Well, yes, welcome. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast, listener. Uh, on to the third week of me doing intros in different languages. I plan on completing all the world's languages. Um, <laughs> completing them? Yes. Okay, cool. Good to know. Uh, yes, that's right. I'm going to do an intro in everyone. Anyway. I'd like <sighs> to hear it in Welsh. That's the one I'd like yeah. to hear. Ooh, there you go. Next week's next week will be Welsh. We will be doing Welsh. That will be good. Are you um, um, are you just Google translating these, or are people actually sending them in? Uh, I, I have like a Spanish mate and a French mate, but I, you know, I, I don't. I, I well, I've got a Finnish mate. Did uh, we do Polish last week? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was courtesy of a podcast listener. I think basically, any... if you if you are uh, if you can speak a language other than English, then um, please do send in translations for the intro. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, or even longer sections. Yeah, there I think. You go. You know, at a uh, at a time when everyone's scrabbling to hold on to podcast listeners because no one is commuting, <laughs> uh, I think maybe doing the intro in a language that I would say the majority of our listeners won't be able to understand is probably not the best business decision we could possibly make. No. Okay, so popular languages only. <laughs> um, okay, there you go, listener. You heard it here first. Anyway, on this, uh, this week's podcast... Um, we're going to be talking about lots of things because a lot of us have bought new stuff um, and there was a little bit of cool, exciting guitar news. But first of all, um, we should introduce our new patrons who have joined uh, the Guitar Nerds podcast Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, thank you for supporting us, Will Ford, Joe Palmer and Peter Kirk, who upgraded his tierage. You too, listener, can check us out on patreon.com forward slash guitar and join at the dollar, five dollar or ten dollar tier for loads of extra stuff. Or, you know, just join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar forum, where there is discussion aplenty. And, Over you know, 500 episodes on the Patreon. That's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. That is a, that's a that's a lot of uh, of content at the moment. Over on the Patreon, we're airing. To, uh, it's going to be the second episode of Mark's new solo series, uh, Gear There and Everywhere. His series all about the Beatles gear. I enjoyed making um, this one. It's a McCartney focused episode, which, as you know, oh, you love is, McCartney. Uh, yeah, I know is is my thing. Um, oh, so. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Lots of kind of isolated audio available for Ooh, McCartney I stuff. Like that. So you, That's yeah, good. you you really not only do you hear the kind of his ridiculous playing, but you also hear like the instruments as well. So yeah, if you if that's kind of your thing, getting super analytical about Beatles bass tones, which I realise is fairly niche, um, then the Patreon episode is good fun this week. Oh, that does sound good. Do you know I did my music A level on um, McCartney bass lines? I believe you've told us that before. Yeah, I probably have told you that before. Yes. It's, How, it's what mark did thing. you get? Um, Packham. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I was waiting for that one. Uh, I did it as like a, I did it like with performing arts as like a a double thing, and uh, unfortunately my uh, my performance in uh, performing arts was uh, was I got an ungraded for um, they they didn't <laughs> appreciate my uh... <laughs> what, what what happened did they did they shout to a polymath gig or something because I'm not surprised <laughs> no the I'd, music I'd give, side was really I'd give good you, I was you the... as well mate I've got to be honest <laughs> I was definitely the best one when it came to to in 
out of all the people taking that A level, like I, wait, I, wait in, so everyone else failed? No, 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 no. In music, in music, oh. I'm saying I was the best one. Like my ba- my McCartney bass. How were bad must the performance point. have been then? No, if like, had to do if m- the music was really good, no, no. but you got a U. No, the you misunderstanding. Was the U? <laughs> you misunderstanding. I got a U for performing arts, which brought down my music A level to a C. Um, but because it was a joint thing, but right. I I got good marks for the music performance, but it was the acting that brought me down. I got an ungraded for my acting performance. Weren't you like only <laughs> only like moments away from becoming from being a child actor at this point? You'd yeah, already think, been an actor. How I did got, you fail the acting uh, point? I know, I know. I got really into um, uh, Chris Morris and the day to day. And I, I, I did a, uh, a sketch show inspired by that. And I think, uh, I think maybe it was people were expecting, you know, proper acting. And instead I was just making... Had like, you been asked to like read out a couple of jokes. Shakespearean sonnets yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah. And actually what you did was make make some jokes about like people who drink beers or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely, it was a bit more non, not safe for work or school. Uh, than did that. you so did you it... promise them a performance of Dark Side of the Moon and they got <laughs> they didn't get what they were expecting? <laughs> it was it, it, we would just say that it wasn't very good. There was, um, there was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gathered that. <laughs> there was some nudity and like I was wearing just a Mac. That's at what I'm one saying. Point. Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, there was that, and I think that's that was what got me the bad marks. But I, said, I thought this my is performance in year of eleven classroom. Please go home. <laughs> 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 I think my performance of. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, however, was excellent. Um, so, uh, you know, so there. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> so I did, there. I did all of the... Uh, all of um, Sergeant Peppers. That was my that was my thing. All of the bass lines from Sergeant Peppers. It was good. Good album. It was like an hour and a half or something. Yeah, I think it was It was like a medley. It wasn't like the, oh, the entire okay. thing. But it was uh, It was pretty good. Anyway, Mark, anyway. No, hang on. Before you move on, Mark, did you did you do any like, music stuff at school? Because I know Matty went to went to BIM and, you know, got a degree in playing guitar. A degree? Well, whatever it was that I got, you got a diploma. A diploma in playing guitar. Did you? Yeah, did, sounds awful. I, I believe you're talking to someone with an A-star GCSE in music. So, oh, you did, did you? Uh, uh, you know, big. I did a couple of bits on guitar. I did... Um, I did a cover of Strange Glue by Catatonia. That was one of the things that I did. Okay. Um, I I've also done did... some Strange Glue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also did a saxophone solo piece. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. You play the saxophone? Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. Saxophone. <laughs> I'm deleting everything off of the podcast notes for this week. We're just going to talk about this. Mark Packham, saxophone. I when... so so. There's a story behind it, right? When I was in, wait, what's the last year of junior school? Year six. Yeah, right, I had this mate called Jim West, not from Wild Wild West. <laughs> Desperado, <laughs> Rough Rider. He was a. He was someone else called Jim West, and um, oh, he, so unfortunate. He was either a Desperado or a Rough Rider. He probably would have been about. 12 or 13 when that film came out and I imagine his life gutted was hell gutted <laughs> anyway he <laughs> told me that when you go up to what we then called the big school i.e. secondary school um, that you had to do an instrument and I was like well I don't know how to play anything and the only instrument we've got around the house is we've got this old saxophone that my dad like bought off a guy in a pub or something um, <laughs> so I was like okay well I guess I'll just learn that then so I started 
lessons. Well, I, I signed up for lessons, I think, before I went to school because I was like, well, everyone's got to do it. And then turned up and it was like, okay, no, you don't have to do this. But I persevered with it. But like playing the saxophone is great fun, but it, it also means you can't sing. And when you're sort of angsty 14-year-old, um, playing the saxophone is probably not the best way to you know, express your ideas. So that's why I dropped the saxophone and uh, got into guitar. But for GCSE, you-, you had to do two instruments and I couldn't play piano or drums or anything. So I was like, okay, I'll get the saxophone back out. I sort of remember how to play it. I'll do that, which is why I did saxophone and guitar for my GCSE. Wow. But there is on the internet somewhere a video of... You playing Careless Whisper with no uh, shirt? No, no. <laughs> like a talent, and that would be good. Um, a talent show where I'm playing bass doing green onions in my school talent Ooh, show that is tasteful. with, uh, with a, a band made up of some people that I still knock around with now. So that's, uh, yeah, that was like our big musical thing in our last year of school. Do you yeah. still own the saxophone? Uh, I think my dad's still got it somewhere. Yeah, I think we sort of figured out that it was actually worth like quite a lot of money. So I think we've just held on to it. And Would you be willing to point. play some saxophone in some capacity for guitar nerds? If... Um, if the world wasn't like, you know, it's, it's basically impossible for me to go to my parents at the moment, so I probably can't retrieve it. But keep it in mind for post-pandemic fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Post-pandemic saxophone. You heard Bloody it here lovely. first, listener. Yeah, that would be great. Um, anyway, Mark, let's talk about some guitar stuff and let's stay with you, Mark, because you bought Hello. a new guitar. I have indeed. It's finally happened after months and months and months of talking about it on the podcast uh, you know, adding it to watch lists, you know, on terms of all the platforms I could possibly get one on. Um, I finally bought an Epiphone Casino. And not only have I bought an Epiphone Casino, I've bought two Epiphone Casinos. <laughs> oh, you did buy two. Yeah. So basically what happened was uh, I was me- messaging a guy about a natural kind of early one. So it's Peerless Factory. Um, oh, which right. is uh, in, in Korea. Korea. Um, and so for those who don't know, they were they were kind of made in the Peerless factory. Then they were made in the Unsung factory. Um, and then they moved to Chinese factory. Um, so Unsung and Peerless both in Korea. So I was messaging a guy about one, an early one, which are the kind of sought after ones, um, a natural one from the Peerless factory. And that sort of went cold. So I was like, okay, well, I've lost out on that one. And then another one came up, a Sunburst one, slightly later from the Unsung factory. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just get that. And um, anyway, at the end of last week, got that delivered. It's absolutely fantastic. I'd forgotten just how good the build quality is on them. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of, I'm in this place now where I'm like, at home, I just want to play hollow body guitars because I don't want to play full acoustics. It's too loud for the house um but i've got the down electro and now i've got this casino where i'm like this is the perfect thing for me to play in the living room so yeah this this sunburst casino is fantastic um and it needed a little bit of work it the plate was off it but it comes with the original plate it needed good like it had some weird like fender amp knobs uh as the controls so i put i've bought some you know gibson style ones and put those back on um but while that's all happened I've also bought the the fella came back to me about this natural one. So tomorrow, or the day that you're hearing this, or the day before you're hearing this, the natural one will be delivered as well. And my plan is to just put them up against each other and find out. I I can't really justify having both as much as I want to. Um, so I'm going to yeah, just like compare them, and then I'm going to keep the best one and probably move the other one on. Um, although that will be 
quite painful, I think. So, you know, the Sunburst one, my feeling is that the natural one is going to play better and feel better because it's But from... you prefer the look of the Sunburst. Well, I mean, I'm not actually that fussed, but I, I would. I think I'm going to feel bad about getting rid of the Sunburst one because the Sunburst one yeah. is really good. But my feeling is that the natural one is going to be better. So You think there's that much difference between the two factories? Yeah. Is it um, just because it's an earlier model as well? The Peerless ones are sort of, I, I guess, like renowned as being the best one of of this sort of era of casino so yeah i mean so what I, year are they are so they the i believe the peerless one is 2004 and the sunburst one that i've got i believe is 2009 right. um i would need to check that i can't remember exactly off the top of my head but that is ringing true for me so yeah i mean the plan is um that i'm gonna get both of them test them out for the rest of this week and then if i decide look one of these is better than the other then it's going to go the the problem i'm going to have is like what if they're both just as good as each other and they both look great then i've got to make a decision um about which one goes and to be honest it would probably be the natural one because because it's a peerless one they're worth a bit more money so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a great week i've got two epiphone casinos to play for a week and then i need cool. to make a decision like which of these am i going to keep but yeah i mean i i, to be honest, I only plugged it in for maybe half an hour over the weekend i've just been playing it unplugged and it sounds amazing feels Were great you plugging into the bus katana uh, yeah 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 i actually restrung it with uh, jay you gave me a set of fender tens a little while ago i can't remember what they were called the classic core strings. Classic core. Um, <laughs> yes. They feel really nice. Yeah, so those are uh, some strings that Fender brought out uh, the start of this year or maybe end of last year. I can't remember. But um, they're round core rather than hex core. Um, so there's not actually that many round core strings on the market at the moment, I don't think. I mean, GHS do the boomers and... Um, uh, a lot of kind of more boutique companies do round core, so uh, like Gabriel Tenorio and uh, Newtone do um, do round core as well. But they, it's just a more traditional way of doing strings. So the hex core came along, I think, in the late sixties yeah. or mid sixties was when uh, hex core came along, and the hex core is just it's a bit stronger because um, obviously a hexagon is two triangles, so you get a, a lot more. Uh, stability from the actual string but with round core they just they sound a little bit i don't know they they seem they seem to sound a little bit more resonant and they're a little bit i find them a little bit easier to bend um and i, I they're just a bit different and they're just they're fun and cool and yeah i really like them i think they think they're they're very cool yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I am actually quite fussy when it comes to strings. You know, like Ernie Ball is normally my preference, but as you'd given me these, I was like, yeah, Jay's a nice guy. I'll give it a yeah. go, I guess. Um, and yeah, they're really nice, really good. So yeah, I'm really happy with how the Sunburst one is playing. Let's see where we get to. I'll report back next week as to which one's going to stay and which is going to go. Oh, that is exciting. Speaking of strings, I and actually speaking of of those, I really want to try and get some get hold of some of the uh, Gabriel Tenorio strings. Uh, what so are they? The, I have not heard of Gabriel Tenorio. So Gabriel Tenorio is a um, a, a geezer. Uh, I met Gabriel a couple of times uh, when we've been over at Nam. He hosts a uh, like a barbecue every year, and uh, I've been to the last couple of those. And uh, he's wicked, but he he runs a string company, and he hand winds uh all, all of his strings and they just they sell out immediately but i did see that james's home of tone have got some and that's the only place in the uk that i found them so i think i'm going to try and grab some of those uh Ooh. probably before this episode goes out because otherwise they might 
disappear quickly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gabriel Tonoro, really worth following on Instagram. Just the way that he does knit stuff is really cool, really interesting. And I think he'd be someone who'd be really good to get on the podcast as well, just because um, I find strings very interesting. And uh, he has like made a machine himself oh, to wind cool. the strings. And I think it would be really cool to talk to him about that and yeah, just find out what he's done. But yeah, the, the, the reviews that uh, people give about those strings are really really cool so i'd really like to check them out yeah that's cool strings are interesting and exciting be, oh yeah you, you know, were on a bit of a string odyssey this week mm. weren't you oh, i was yeah yeah i get, got really into strings this week well you know i've um i've been fixing up my uh 1977 fender music master bass um so it uh, this this bass when it when it got I spoke about it at the time but when it got delivered to me it was uh, it was put in the post in a bin liner um, so by the time it got to me it wasn't in fantastic condition and it really hadn't been looked after anyway so the bridge the bridge was rusted to the point of collapse so you couldn't you know you couldn't really adjust anything so um, so I needed to change the brick bridge problem is music master bridges you know pretty. Um, pretty hard to come by because they're, you know, the the modern incarnation of the Music Master is the Bronco, and it's a it's a different bridge. The bridge is really kind of its its uh, its own thing, so um, hard to find an actual replacement for it. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to change the look. I wanted a cool old looking Music Master, so I didn't want to redrill something else. So, and it also runs on the, it has those just two saddles for the four strings um so i um uh so i had to um find a bridge that a bass bridge with two saddles and buy that and then take the saddles off and fit them to the bridge of the music master which is a little bit complicated surprisingly hard to find a bass bridge with with two saddles i i looked around for some time but there's nothing in the Fender catalogue anymore. I eventually found some new old stock um, of of one from a from a brand that did some lovely brass ones. So that was good. I was able to sort of change that in. Then the tuners definitely need changing because they're a little bit threaded. They're quite hard to turn. But I'll leave that for now. The pickup, obviously, Music Master basses. I don't know. Do you guys know much about Music Master basses? No. Uh, yeah. I mean, only that they've got that kind of like plastic telly neck pickup in there it's well yes yeah you're you're almost almost right not quite a telly pickup it's a strap pickup so the music master when they started making them in the early 70s were very very much fender making uh, a bass guitar from spare parts that they had lying around so they took the mustang body shape and neck but then they took it's it's a strap pickup it's the it's it's a, the middle pickup from a strap um, so if you take the plastic cover off of a Music Master bass from the 70s, it will have six pole pieces in, in the top, which obviously isn't actually fantastically voiced for bass. Um, probably quite good at being aggressive, but um, certainly... That sounds ideal. I... I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds ideal. <laughs> we're, we're, well, the first, to be honest, the first I was so excited about playing it when I first got this bass that the first thing I did was made the bridge just about usable, got some strings on there and took it to a practice, and there was just like not a lot of low end, like not a lot of res resonance going on on the sort of low string. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm ordering, I've been in debate of, of who to go for 
um, for a for a custom music master pickup. There are quite a few options out there because I was thinking I could go Sunbear again. I went with Sunbear for my pickup for my Epiphone EB1, but then Mojo pickups do a um, a replacement for the music master bass that's supposed to you know be sort of louder, brasher, brighter. Then you've got the Creamery, which do quite a comprehensive um, replacement pickup for. The music master where you can choose various things about you know you can have that uh vintage uh vintage thread around the outsides or you can have it ribbon you can choose the color you can even have sort of relict tops to the pickup to make it sit in line with your sort of old beat up instrument which is quite cool and you can choose between alnico 2 and alnico 5 so you go for two if you want like a warmer thicker sound which is quite cool and then you've got um mcnelly's um pickups which james's home of tone again um do um where they've tried to fit a humbucking pickup into that tiny little space that is a music master bass pickup they've tried to fit one in there which it does look very cool but retail is about twice the price of most other companies doing music master bass pickup replacements so it's kind of like what do i go for anyway the whole point of this was i was supposed to be talking about strings i want to get I want to get some heavy gauge flat wounds for for this bass. So I'm going through a flat wound. Heavy thing gauge, but short, short scale, scale flat wounds. Be prepared to spend two hundred pounds. That's it. That's it. No, like no one does. When it comes to short scales, it always really annoys me because when something's short scale, it means that the strings are floppier anyway. So why the gauges of bass string for short scale tend to be lighter? than they are for a standard scale. It's just beyond me. I just don't know who who wants their strings to be so floppy that they can't play quickly. It doesn't make sense. You also can't get out of E standard, which is very annoying. So, I, you know, I was I was looking around at, at where I can go, and, and one company came up that does do a heavy tension, sort of fit, sort of 53 to 110. Um, Describes this podcast a lot of the time, heavy tension. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> Um, which is Labella. So they do, Labella do a set of flat wound strings designed perfectly after a 1953 set of Fender flat wounds. They are a, a complete rebuild of um, of that, but in a in a heavy gauge. And you can pick those up for £50. Um, so That's a lot for a set of strings. It's a lot of strings. But having said that, flat wounds will last you forever until you well, decide exactly. to change them. Exactly. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's an in, it's an investment. Like, you know, and it wouldn't be the first time I spent a lot of money on flat on on, on strings from Labella. I spent seventy pounds on a set of base six strings from them once. So, you know, I think fifty pounds is okay. I'm just sort of I'm building up to it. Cause I realise that this music master base is actually in small things that I've had to purchase cost me almost as much as I paid for the bass now <laughs> in <laughs> in buying little bits and like another fifty pounds on a set of strings just puts it <laughs> at this point where I'm like, okay, because I, I got this bass obviously super cheap, but now with the amount of things I've done to it, it's the same as if I bought a good one. So uh, it's, uh, it's 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 moderately annoying. Anyway, sorry for that slight sort of strings tangent. Um, Joe, Joe, yes, Joe. Yeah? Do not ever, ever apologise for a tangent about guitar accessories. No, that's true. Speaking, okay, can continue on strings. Labella, do they? Labella just guitar, uh, bass strings predominantly. 
I couldn't tell you. I know. That I don't know. I've only ever are, heard of them as bass strings. They're obviously best known for their flat wounds, and I know that obviously you can buy guitar flat wound strings. So yeah, potentially. I've never seen a, a set of Labello guitar would, strings. Would you um, ever invest? Invest like? Would you invest money in a set of guitar strings in the same way that you would in bass strings? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't Depends. invest that. I wouldn't invest that much in a set of guitar string in a set of bass no, strings no. because it, I, I like. But I like the sound of bass strings for about five minutes after you put them on and then just take them off, put a new set on fresh. Right. Um, so I'm on the Labella website at the moment. They do 15 different types of electric guitar strings, let alone gauges, just wow. 15 different. So there's 12 string sets, seven string sets, baritone, basics, benders, uh, criterion, double ball end, drop tune, hellcat, jazz flats, Jazz, jazz tapes flats. in black, oh, jazz yes. tapes in white, roller wound, which I've never heard of, and vapor shield. And I'd that's ima- just electric. I'd imagine roller wound are similar to those, um, oh, what were they called? Half wounds or something. That yeah, half, yeah, 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 yeah. Ground yeah. wounds, maybe. No, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Where they're basically, it's like a round wound string, but they're, they're wound at such high tension, the actual windings, that it's almost like having a flat wound string. Mm. Um, yeah, I wonder if it's that. Yeah, I think I, it um, probably is. Joe, just have mm. you also checked out while you were uh, talking about Labella, I was Googling, what is the most expensive guitar string? Um, which led me to find, um, which is a brand I have heard of, just never, ever... Um, ever think about them for guitar strings is Tomastic strings. Yeah, oh, Tomastic. Yeah. Uh, the toma- which they do, they actually do some heavy wound bass flat wounds, but they, they also do some heavy George Benson signature strings, yeah, yeah. which are £30 a set. Um, which I mean, though, Tomastics were, were what was on the... Um, the Pino, Pino Paladino. Paladino I thought they were Labellas yeah. on that. No, they were they were uh, they were Tomastics, oh. and yeah, they Tomastics were they were expensive. Are, Tomastics are what Matt Allran put on his uh, on his short scale um, Fidelity bass, and I did think about Tomastics, but they don't actually do a heavy enough gauge for me in short scale. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, this all this conversation has just led me to uh, I'm just going to go and spend twenty quid on a set of. Uh, Strings on Gabriel Tenorio strings from James oh, Summer Time. Do it. They don't have any 11s, exciting. which is annoying because I did want to put some 11s on my Mustang, but it's got 10s on it at the moment, so I'll uh, I'll just stick with the 10s for now. You know, I was uh, I was reading about Dick Dale's Stratocaster today. Did you know it came with 16s? What? Yeah, I I like that. That is definitely a thing that I read. Um, I I believe. I also I'm right. didn't know he. I th- right. Okay. Yeah. The uh, sixteens, yeah. sixteens, yeah. Sixteen Crossing. to what though? Okay, let's uh, eight. Let, let me find out. <laughs> sixteens <laughs> the bass string. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the super. Um, because yeah, sometimes you get you get those weird um, like string gauges where people don't really like they Here we are. like bizarrely even across the balance tension like the Dario balance tension in fact labella do balance tension sets i think that's why they're they're so it's a weird like 53 to 110 on those bass strings because they do like this whole balance thing anyway yeah dick Tales set was uh 16 18 20 39 49 60 crikey wow. Yeah. Into it. Yeah, so he must have had could... to glue that down. <laughs> yeah. So that he could get that tremolo picking. No, no, exactly. no, no, no. It's just so he can have that tremolo picking um, all the time. But yeah, what an absolutely crazy gauge of string. I'm into Monster. it. 
I might yeah. stop putting that on everything. The, um, yeah. I think the that cra- Dan, the Dan Electro I've got might actually just snap in half if you put. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. also that crazy video of Dick Dale playing with his son, and his son makes mistakes, so he decide his son decides to like scissor kick his dad like mid stage performance. It's what? one of the most bizarre things. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> it's Dick Dale and his son doing um, that song. Yeah, and, Misery. Uh, yeah, that's it. I couldn't think of the name. And uh, yeah, I think the son makes a mistake. So like Dick Dale like stops and like shouts at him. The song's still going on in the background. So and then he turns round to like play another part, and his son turns around and does like a scissor kick, like <laughs> right next to his face. That's very weird. Yeah, it is very weird. But I'm just looking at his guitar. It's just the best looking guitar. That sort of like rosewood fretboard, gold sparkle, gold, gold yeah. sparkle strap. Yeah, with the uh, with the reversed um, strap pickup as well for his upside down playing style. Yeah, um, that's the other thing, isn't it? Of course, his the strings are on back to front. On uh, on the Dick Dale, yeah, and I mean he used the beast. Um, so that's what he called his guitar, wasn't it? The beast. Yeah, and he used dual Showmans, which are super loud, with two JBL fifteen-inch speakers. The thing well, must have been so loud, unbelievably loud. You know, don't forget that he designed the um, the that Fender, the high-powered hundred watt amp with uh, Leo Fender. The which one? The uh, high high-powered twin. Uh, no, it must have been the Dual Showman because that is they are really, really high-powered. Oh, That's yeah, really with, high-powered yeah the, with two 15-inch yeah. uh, speakers. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that was uh, that was uh, designed in conjunction with Dick Dale. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also didn't realise that his wiring was basically just a volume control. So <laughs> we need, Matty. So we That's need. All, it's all he had, that volume control, just pretty much wide straight to the output jack is that it? i'm just i was having a look at some of the mods that he did here um yeah oh right yeah sort of modded the five-way switch to add some in-betweens very bizarre very bizarre guitar um and i'd imagine incredibly loud if anyone ever got to see him live 
let yeah. us know. But those dual showmans are. I think didn't we have a Gary Moore secondhand dual showman in for a little while? I think it was a dual well, one showman. that he'd played. No, I tell you what we had. We had because friend of the podcast Sparky Rogers had bought it. It was the Trace Elliott Speed Twin that was Gary Moore's for a little bit. I think in the nineties, and it had his. Uh, which was, I think, similar to the Jewel Showman, had all of his sounds etched on it in uh, white chalk. All of the knobs were just set to 10. Um, just brilliant. It's like, yeah, just remember my settings, yeah? Everything on 10. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar player once named uh, Dick Dale the father of heavy metal. This episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, The Provocateur. Celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and so I watch you from afar and many others comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA made Seymour Duncan pickups it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted the provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019 you can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com. And if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. One of the most popular Ernie Ball Music Man models, the John Petrucci Majesty, is being expanded with four brand new striking finishes. Now offered in Pink Sand, Red Phoenix, Smoked Pearl and Ember Glow, the 2020 Majesty features a lightweight Akume body, signature Damasio Rainmaker and Dreamcatcher pickups, and an onboard piezo bridge system that gives the guitar a focused and highly versatile versatile palette of tones. Head to music-man.com to learn more. That's music-man. Now, back to the show. Yeah, who did? Uh, guitar Player Magazine. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, um, I st- one of the guys that I work with has just got into playing guitar. He's a piano player. And he got the only reason he bought a guitar is because he heard ZZ Top for the first time. It's just like Billy Gibbons is amazing. I need to learn to play guitar. And um, I was I reminded him that Jimi Hendrix once said that Billy Gibbons was the best guitar player on the planet. Really? Yeah. And that was when it, that was when he was very young as well. Yeah. Because they talk about it in that documentary that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, which is which is really good, and I, I really urge people to go and watch it. Because, like I said, I mean, I didn't really know anything about ZZ Top, but they are super interesting fellas, and the story is is really really cool. It's it's really cool, and yeah, Hendrix absolutely loved. Um, 
Billy Gibbons, and you know, quite rightly, because he's an absolutely rocking dude by the yeah. sounds of things. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, you get a few odd ones like that. I think once Eddie Van Halen in the eighties said in Guitar Player magazine, the best guitar player on the planet to him was Alan Holdsworth. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just like, yeah, because at that time, Eddie Van Halen was considered the best guitarist, you know, out there. Everyone wanted to play like him, and he was like, nah, just go and listen to Alan Holdsworth, this fella from Top North. Who pay, painted his own beer pump? <laughs> look at the look at the look, look how many frets this chord that he plays goes across. Yeah, if uh, if anyone listening has never uh, gone onto YouTube and watched the Alan Holdsworth instructional DVD, um, it is just it's incredible. The guy invented his own theory, like his own scales. He was just like, yeah, I think these notes sound good over these chords, so I've called this scale the X two scale. <laughs> It's like, it's like no relevance to like any other music whatsoever. Um, but it is quite funny to watch. And he is an amazing guitar player. Yeah, what an absolute hero. And Matt Knight, you uh, you also bought something new uh, this week. I did. I have um, been going down a make gooder journey, I guess, in, in some ways. There's so many make gooders out there um, and there was a product that i saw pop up quite a few times at the birmingham guitar show um and it sort of sort of caught my eye and turned out a few other people i know use it or have used similar and this is the audio kitchen small trees or the small trees um so audio kitchen for those who don't know are a app manufacturer based in london they build a small range of boutique amps, uh, including the Chopper series, the Little Chopper and the Big Chopper, um, which I believe the Little Chopper, I think Dave Grohl or someone similar got pictured um, buying one of those. Just, you know, really simple uh, controls, sort of really high-end, well-built amplifiers that just like, you know, really deliver just a, an awesome sound. Um, and then since then, they've built a pedal called the Big Trees, which is a 2.5 watt pedal. Um, well, it's actually, you can use it as a pedal, so you can use it in line, or you can go um, out into a speaker. Um, so it's got a, a preamp and then like a simple gain section with one EL84. Um, and then he decided that so many people were requesting the preamp version uh, or just the preamp in a pedal. He made the small trees. So it's a single valve driven 16 dB boost and line driver. So when it's off, it's valve driven uh, buffer, basically. And when it's on, it's a class A boost but it's all valve driven. Um, and I spoke to uh, Mikey Demas, uh, who was using one. He was using one for um, recording. I think he was, I think Joe, because I spoke to you about it. He said he was using one on one of his pedal boards at one point. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, he used, uh, he used one for demos at a show. I think he was yeah. using kind of that as the amp and then a two notes um, cab. Uh, what, what was that? Cab, Cab M. M. Cab, Cab M. M. Yeah. Um, uh, and then running his pedals into into that as yeah. kind of like a portable amplifier. And um, I was speaking to Stuart Tate from Tate Effects. He was um, using one as well, I think, for a, a similar thing, demos at shows. And then I saw um, Andy Ferris from the Guitar Geek YouTube channel was using one to run into his Helix as like his mobile demo rig so he could like play guitars and get like a really good sound you know while he was filming it um so i was just like i'm into this i'm into the idea of having i've never 
I don't think I've ever had a valve-driven pedal before. I mean, there's not obviously a million out there. Electroharmonics are the ones that most people know. But I was like, I'm really into having a really good, um, just like class A boost. Like a really good make good uh, on my pedal board. And I sold a bunch of stuff on eBay and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to get one. And uh, yeah, it arrived today. And I ran out of time to plug it in just before the podcast. Oh, but I'm going uh, to demo it and I might try and do... I've been spent the week or just before the weekend shooting a few videos at home uh-huh. um, and getting a really good sound uh, direct into my interface and recording via OBS. So I'm going to try and do a couple of um, little demos, I think, as a little test and put them what, up in the... What um, is your, what's your virtual amp then, Matt? What are you using to... I am actually... I am using um, uh, Nextone, Boss Nextone at the moment. Um, oh, right. So are you just running out of the direct app? Out? I'm running so out of the got, line out, yeah. Because it's got a cab sim on it, the direct yeah, app. Yeah, it has, yeah. Nextone. Yeah, so I'm, I'm running that at the moment. Part of getting the small trees is I was really keen to um, use that as the preamp and then run into the Origin FX uh, Revival Trem, which is obviously like the power amp section of a um Which you 62. also recently bought. We didn't talk about this. Uh, no, we didn't. Um, didn't yeah, we? I decided. I we did. Well, we we spoke about it a lot when I tried it. It was amazing, and but he liked it so much that he bought it. I liked it so much yeah. I bought it. In fact, we um, never even managed to send it back to to, no. to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I've been using the next tone, um, and it's been great. The reason I went for the next tone was I really wanted to dial in an amp that was really close to my Morgan PR12, which is like a Princeton, because it's got the six V six valve um, type power amp on there. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been messing around using that for recording, and the sound's been great because the feel is there. Um, and then just yeah, straight into headphones. It's one of the first times that I've gone lying out and not heard the sound from a speaker and gone, yeah. Because I normally hate hearing stuff through monitors. There's just something about playing into a guitar cab that's just so much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was keen to just try this and use it as um, you know, try and do a bit more recording at home. I was keen to have this as like a guitar preamp as well um and then you know maybe try out some software or you know run it directly into the effects loop return of the next tone so i can use the analog power amps of the next tone but have like a valve preamp um so yeah i was like thought it'd be a really good experiment then for the pedal board um just kind of leave it on as a always on make gooder basically but yeah I'll, cool. I'll try and do some demos for the uh for the old facebook yeah, you you uh you definitely you definitely should. Now um the the day the day that this is airing properly on Wednesday for everyone else is my thirty sixth birthday. That's too um, old. Yeah, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, thanks, thanks. But of course, you know, now that I can't go out on some, you know, massive weekend long bender where I, you know, see how much of everything I can consume. Um, I'm sort of stuck here, so I was like, "Well, maybe I should, maybe I should buy a guitar." So, uh, <laughs> so, so, but I can't, I can't decide. I can't make a decision. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in suggestions. Is what I want. You know, I, I want them from you guys, maybe listeners as well. If you've got some suggestions, because you know, I'll, I'll make a decision at some point this week. But you know, I'm still like, is it a Gibson? Uh, Melody Maker, you know, I could get one of the reissues of those for for quite cheap. They go for around five hundred pounds. So you're talking um, guitar rather than bass. 
Yeah, because I'm I'm really really happy with the 69p bass and the uh, the little music master that I'm working on at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, so that that would be sorry. I and, am and the twelve other bases that you own. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There's the what, the three jazz bases, the other P bass, um, the bass six, the three acoustics, and then all of the Harlequin guitar stock. Oh, and a Telecaster and a Jaguar that I found in a cupboard that I forgot about. Um, <laughs> oh, and the Stonefield, of course, as well. So yeah, I mean that's the only gig and bass you'll ever need, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. So. Um, so you know, I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with basses at the moment. But um, but yes, but guitar wise, I was like, you know, I sold my Baja Telecaster. I'm just basically using the ES175 for everything. I was like, oh, I do kind of want a solid body thing. So um, see, I tell you what was the problem actually? Because I wanted, you know, I had the Baja Telecaster, and I was like, I don't need this because Harlequin Guitar Club had like two butterscotch tellies. You know, in stock, really nice sort of Japanese tellies. One was a 72 reissue, one was a 52 reissue. What happens as soon as I sell the Baja? I don't know. They sell, they sell, they sell as well. So, you know, I end up in this telly-less situation. So I was like, part of me is like, maybe I could get, maybe I could get like one of those classic vibe Esquires. Um, have they been discontinued now, J Cross? Were they just FSR? What's that, sorry? The classic vibe Esquires. Uh, they were a limited run. Uh, I don't know mm, whether yeah. there's any still available. They were mm. pretty limited. Damn, um, I think I maybe oh, they looked my so good there. as well. The colours they just did look amazing. Great. Well, I just yeah, I the just want fantastic. But um, but yeah, so it's like, do I hunt out one of those? Do I go for a um, do I go for you know a Gibson Melody Maker reissue? Do you remember those Godins that we were looking at a while ago? They oh, were yeah, they super were great. cool. Yeah, they were really cool. So you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of there. I'm like, I don't know what what do I get? What just any guitar? Well, if you yeah, if you actually like, want you know, one of those classic vibe Esquires, Anderson still have stock because I've also been eyeing up the Surf Green one and going, they look absolutely banging. Yeah, they do look fantastic. Um, put a high output pickup in the bridge that's coil tappable. <laughs> Relic it a little bit. Make it top bound only. <laughs> you know, you got yourself, you know, my dream guitar. You got yourself a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, one guitar that stands out for me that I think you could get for that sort of money, SG Special Faded. Yeah, I just think that's great guitar. Yeah, really honestly, I, I still regret selling that one that I sold fairly recently. They're really good, Joe. They're they so are very good. good. I do, I do agree. They are very good. I, that's maybe the other caveat is I, I think it really has to be classically styled, and it's that that satin feel on those specials for me. I just um, I can't get behind. I'd have to tea cut the whole thing as soon as I got it. Oh no, but they're just they they just wear in beautifully over time. Like if you play like Matty's, they one, definitely do. Matty's one just feels really good. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt's does feel good. It is good, but I guess maybe that's not fun enough or weird enough for me. It's a bit too. I, I need it. I need it to be odd. But we we'll see. We we'll see. I'll find something. What about maybe? Um, what about harmony? 
Harmony's a good shout, but it would have to be an old Harmony. The new ones are sort of above, you know, the sort of random birthday splurge. Yeah, that's true. Uh, balance. Um, but yeah, the, the old ones are pretty cool. But I guess old Harmonies go for around 650 It definitely ticks my box of being cool on old and vintage. But of course, when you're around that price point, you're also in the sort of reverend price point. Yeah. Um, which is very cool. Yeah, Although, I mean, you, know, I, you know, I'd always give a shout out to the reverend guitars. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are cool, but I, I don't know, actually, you know, maybe you were onto something there with the with the old harmony. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look at that anyway. Anyway, that that's you know, I'll take suggestions from the listeners anyway on the facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Help me pick a birthday guitar uh, as I hurtle towards forty. Just uh, <laughs> just looking on some um, just looking on some secondhand sites right now. There is a place in. The UK selling, and I've never seen one of these, and I want it so bad. Fender Competition Made in Japan FSR Traditional Surf Green with Pink Racing Stripes. What? What? That's <laughs> amazing. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, it's a limited run made by Fender Japan in 2018 and now discontinued. Yeah, Surf Green with Pink Competition Stripe. That's I'm in. Sad. Yeah, that that that's sounds, sounds ridiculous. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't really remember. Jay's that. out straight away. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. In fact, me and Mark, me and Mark were talking about about strats this weekend, and like, I want to. I'm I'm still like I've got half an eye on a strat. Thankfully, I'm all right for the moment. I've got I uh, I borrowed something from work before. I tell we you went who on has lockdown, but some killer strats in the moment. Uh, I got the. Gak newsletter and they've had a couple of shell pink custom shops turn up that look oh no amazing that awesome. maybe i want another strat because i did have three before and then sold them all <laughs> <laughs> at I'm least looking... at least the there's logic me behind me buying two casinos you know it's like there's there's a reason i'm doing it there's absolutely no need for you to have owned three strats yeah well i wanted a, a 50s and a 60s one and then a road-worn one. Oh came wait, up have cheap. you not got any of those anymore? No, I sold them all. All my strats are gone. <laughs> I, uh, You're a maniac. Yeah, yeah. I went through a big sort of Gibson only phase, so I sold all my Fenders, and now I'm sort of coming back around a little bit. So um, I imagine I'll be buying lots of Fender things over the next little while. I think that's the inevitable end result here. <laughs> You're just you. You just need to like. Think things through before you do them, rather than. Does just that sound like, like Joe yes. Branton? Just no, just of course it there. doesn't. Just does that sound like Joe Branton? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's just half the time I'm really focused on the aesthetic, and that's when I want Gibson stuff. And then half the time I'm really focused on the sound, and that's when I'm like in a Fender mood. So it depends which which thing I'm in. I had a bit of a realization when I, you know, this casino arrived. I was looking at the guitars that I've got, and I was like, "What do I like in guitars? Well, I like." You know, I like kind of pastel colours and I like maple necks. And what I've got is two guitars sat there that are sunburst with a rosewood neck and they're both really good. <laughs> so, you know, just these preconceived notions of what you like, I think if you find the right guitar, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, well, no, I, no, I don't think that's ever going to be true for me. I think I will continue to go through life just buying and selling uh, guitars you know every other week yeah. and never being happy always being discontent struggling to sleep because i can't stop thinking about what i should be purchasing next uh, it's a pretty anyway. got a problem basically yeah 
Yeah, I do. Anyway, um, we, we should move on. We should do some news. Before we do, we should cover something that I mentioned to talk about at the start. Um, this month, we are teaming up with Ashdown uh, to bring you a double giveaway. So this is the last week you can enter our double giveaway. Our double giveaway is to win. There are two winners for this, and you can win an Ashdown Ant and an Ashdown Newt. Um, both 200-watt pedal board-based um, one's a guitar and one's a bass amplifier. Perfect solution for people using preamps or multi-effects and things like that. And, you know, in the case of the guitar one, the new, it's in this cool sort of metallic blue-green finish. They're in incredibly awesome bits of kit. They retail for like £400 a piece normally, which is actually very reasonable for a 200-watt, you know, <laughs> pedal board amplifier anyway but um but you can of course win one for free so all you've got to do is um is visit our facebook or instagram find the entry posts and follow the steps to enter there the competition's open worldwide and we'll be announcing the winner right here on the podcast on the 10th of june so definitely get involved in that um let's do some news first up um uh, I guess actually Matt Knight uh, will, or Jay Cross, or kind of all of you will. Let, should we talk about Echo Line before we get into anything else? Sure, yes. why not? Um, well, actually, Joe, I think I mentioned Echo Line the last time I mentioned it was in our uh, Pedals That Made Us. I think we were talking about that before. I think they've popped up on the podcast. Uh, a few times in the last few years, but they did win Gear of the Year back in 2016. Six, I want to uh, say 2016. The, wait, the road, yeah, 16, 2016. Yeah, the Roadrunner Overdrive. Absolutely amazing um, sort of dynamic, just one of the best overdrives I, I've ever heard. Uh, I know we really rated it for... Um, gear of the year and we you know we spoke about the brand before they had the everest and then about a year or 18 months ago if not even slightly longer they kind of sold all the remaining stock super cheap because they were like there's a whole new bunch of stuff coming i think we saw them at maybe the london guitar show and they were like yeah there's there's no loads of new. and then they just went completely silent uh and haven't really popped up on our radar at all until today when they posted on their Facebook page a brand new um, sort of cover image. And then their website now says new pedals coming in June 2020. So they've posted a picture of six pedals, um, some of which ones are already doing, like the Everest and the Roadrunner, um, but all in smaller enclosures. Um, I contacted those guys. They've, they've got back to me. They've given me some details, which obviously can't say until... They want us to put them out, but uh, all very exciting, I think. Finally, great to see this brand back. Really solid British band, a brand with some great pedals yeah, that we've absolutely. always highly rated. Yeah, it will be cool. So the, uh, they're in completely new chassis as well, these uh, these pedals. Yeah, I think they're um, just much smaller versions of... Because uh, they the... were huge before, weren't they? They were, they were. They were pretty unwieldy. And these look far more like reg kind of quote-unquote regular... Uh, yeah. guitar pedals you know yeah mm. now i think this is i think it's going to be great i'm excited to see um some more sort of uh british guitar you know pedals out there you know and some sort of more boutique ones i think it's great i think it's um you know there's a load of brands coming out from sort of 
our side of the pond and uh, it's really good to see those especially after we, we rated them so highly and then it was a shame they sort of disappeared but uh, they're back yay and speaking of uh, british boutique bedles um mark peckham why don't you tell us about the xander circuitry junipero yeah, well, I mean, I think we can probably all talk about it a little bit. So Xander Effects, uh, you know, kind of friends of the show and, you know, people that you, you you know, you often see um, Alex from Xander at British guitar shows. Um, great little brand. I think a lot of people know him for his Tape Echo, which the name has, it has gone out of my brain completely. Someone, tape Deck. The Tape, the tape deck, deck. Exactly that. Um and, uh, you know, has been doing these great little pedals for a little while. They're kind of gaining a bit of a cult status, I guess, within uh, the British sort of guitar community. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know that he's been looking to do other types of pedals. He's done a lot of overdrives and stuff. And he yeah, there's done, a, a lot of fuzzes and stuff. Yeah, he's done some mo- the- modulation stuff in the past, but this is very much a new take on it. The Junipero is a multi-modulation pedal. Um, I guess in the vein of, you know, something like the um, Wampler Terraform, um, where it's, you know, a bunch of very good modulations all in one housing. Um, so this offers uh, vibrato, chorus, flanger, phaser, tremolo, and ring mod. Um, and yeah, I heard a version of it at a guitar show and was very impressed. I, I, that was a while ago, so I'm assuming it has moved on since then. I've not heard a demo of the latest one yet, although there are some available. I, in fact, on the on the day that we're recording this, he did in fact do a live demonstration uh, just before we started the podcast. Oh right, uh, okay. Well, I can with see the launch that, of the pedal. I can see that there is a couple of different demos available on his site, so I need to sit through and, and watch those. I, the, this kind of all got announced. Uh, was it actually announced today? It was it announced, was announced today. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to catch up on the demos and stuff. But from you know uh, Alex's other pedals, I know that they're very, very good. I, like I said, I heard this a little while ago and I was was pretty impressed. Um, control wise, on there you've got rate, uh, you've got depth, you've got uh, control, which uh, depends on which patch you're on like which type of modulation on control will do something different um you've got tone for the wet signal you've got out total output volume which is level you've got a mix and then you've got the one to eight patch selector um so and like i said yeah effects of course vibrato multi-voice chorus flanger phaser tremolo harmonic tremolo vibrato and tremolo and ring modulator so basically a whole bunch of stuff in there stereo in and outs uh, you've got five presets that i believe you can save to um and also fully midi compatible as well so yeah loads going on great to see a british builder just stepping away from just doing overdrives and fuzzes pretty much yeah. uh, and this is obviously going into the world of slightly more complicated processing um and i think it is yeah uh, as the one of the videos on here actually says i think it is quite a big leap for the kind of um uh, the kind of smaller british brands really into it yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I watched one of the demos and uh, there's a full 25 minute in-depth video from um Xander as well read the manual before this of course you know, Got to read the manual. Uh, it's a great looking manual as well. I mean, Alex is also, I think, um, a graphic designer uh, full time because this is the crazy thing. It's not even his full time job. And he's like a one man uh, operation. So, you know, fair play for him for, you know, taking, I think, the last two years of his uh, of his life sort of having this in various forms and actually finally getting it out today. But yeah, I, I love the fact, yeah, you can have up to 128 presets via MIDI. Expression in, uh, MIDI's all over TRS. That's the way that people are moving to rather than the kind of normal five pin 
DIN plug. But what I also like is that you've got tap tempo and the subdivisions button on there as well. So you can quickly go between the different subdivisions. Um, and buffered or true bypass assignable per, per preset. That's amazing. I, thought, I, I, I thought was just very reading cool. that now. I didn't realize that that was on there. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, Matthew, and I, quick, um, I was going to say, quick question for you. When was it discovered that you could pass MIDI sk- signal over TRS? I don't know officially. I don't know whether it's been the case for a while. There's actually an, the MIDI Association, um, and it's like an actual board of people who are all... What? that basically represent everything MIDI because uh, the one big like thing NASA, happened... but for MIDI. <laughs> yes, basically, because the one thing that happened, big thing that happened for MIDI at NAMM was MIDI 2.0, um, which has been like years in the making. Um, and that sort of everything is slowly becoming MIDI 2.0 compatible, which I think it just means that it's... it rather than having like zero to one two seven it's a much much wider range just when you thought um, midi couldn't get any better they come MIDI out couldn't with get MIDI any 2. more exciting. i mean to be fair it's never been updated since it came out in like yeah. 1977 it's, it's surprising when you think about it that we're only just about to get midi 2.0 we should be on like midi with a vengeance or uh, <laughs> live fast die midi <laughs> i want to see that movie um <laughs> But I mean, I've got to say with this, watching the demos, it just looks really pro. I mean, just the the unit itself, it just looks solid. I think I really love how they've gone for like a much wider design rather than just going, oh, we can put something in this chassis that looks like Chase Bliss or whatever. You know, it's just gone. It's totally unique. Uh, And I think it sounds unique. Watching the demo, I was like, it doesn't sound like other modulation pedals. It's definitely got a vibe of its own. I think it's great. And, and really well priced, two nine nine. Really, two nine nine. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's uh, really, really well priced. I think it's going to be a really solid unit. Yeah, it certainly is. And if you want to hear about that in more depth, listener, then in fact, this week's Friday uh, special, we do have Alex Miller from um, Xander Circuitry on the Friday special with me and Matt. So we we are talking to him in depth about the Juniper and all of his uh, all of his pedals as well on there. Um, I was very excited to find out that he, and I should have put two and two together, um, but the cafetier is a, a harmonic percolator. Um, but his caf- his pedal, the cafetier, is a, is a har- harmonic harmonic percolator. percolator. Yeah, yeah, very smart. Very there cool. was a fish in yeah. the harmonic percolator. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's uh, really confused. Yeah. Joe doesn't get you. <laughs> That's a uh, a Twin Peaks reference, Joe. Ah, I understand. Okay, yeah. that's good. All right. It's okay. episode one or two. I, you can, it's, it's I epi- think it's episode one. I think it's episode two. It's the yeah, pilot, maybe. then episode one. I think it's episode two. Okay. Anyway, yeah. w- well, whilst uh, whilst the guys argue about uh, about that, that that has actually brought us to the end of uh, of this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. We successfully managed one and a bit. Uh, bits of news this week. I actually bought a guitar for once. I know that is true. You did. I want to buy a guitar for. No, that's yeah, that's always yeah. Yeah, that's but, every episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so anyway, um, you can of course catch more of this guitar nerdery over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, you can also find it in the description of this podcast. This week on our Patreon episode, Mark will be continuing his journey down Beatles memorabilia with his series Gear There and Everywhere. Um, and to listen to that and become a Patreon supporter, 
Um, you can, uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I need to not say it like that so that because you can't listen to it for a dollar. But you can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Um, there are three tiers, the dollar, the five dollar and the ten dollar tier. A dollar a month will get you the regular episode ad free and early. The five dollar tier gets you access to our massive back catalogue of 500, over 500 episodes, including Mark's new series. Um, plus the regular episode ad free and early. And at ten dollars a month. Uh, you get all those things, plus you get your name sung in the podcast outro song by me. Hmm. Well, you can follow us on all the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds, and you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, gang. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.